0: To the second episode of our operational technology cybersecurity, the vital next step in digitalization podcast series on HXGN Radio. I'm Beth Keener Dent. In this episode, together with Edgardo Moreno, Executive Industry Consultant at Hexagon's Asset Lifecycle Intelligence Division, we are talking about asset inventory, which is the foundational element in OTICS cybersecurity. This podcast series is created in partnership with Petroleum Economist and also broadcasts on PE Live podcast. And this conversation is moderated by... Carolyn Schapps, a regular contributor to Petroleum Economist. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to PE Live Podcast. My name is Carolyn Schapps. I'm a regular contributor to Petroleum Economist, and it brings me great pleasure to present Episode 2 of this three-part podcast series titled Operational Technology Cybersecurity, The Vital Next Step in Digitalization, brought to you in association with Hexagon. Today's episode is titled Asset Inventory, the Foundational Element in OTICS Cybersecurity and it is presented in association with Hexagon's Asset Lifecycle Intelligence Division. Asset Inventory is the foundational step in any OTICS cybersecurity program across different industry sectors. However, there are so many other business initiatives that benefit from a comprehensive inventory, including process safety, reliability, effectiveness and sustainability. This podcast will explore the advantages of utilizing inventory asset management across the enterprise to make it one of the most powerful tools in your business strategy. In this podcast, we'll discuss what a good OTICS asset inventory looks like, how a good OT inventory helps reduce risks and improves plant operations, where common inventory blind spots occur, and how to overcome them. The first episode in this podcast series is available online now, and the third and final episode in the series will follow next month. I'm pleased to be joined by Edgardo Moreno, Executive Industry Consultant at Hexagon. Edgardo has 20 years of experience in operational technology and six years of experience in OT cybersecurity, first joining Hexagon in 2007, working in a range of positions worldwide. Hi, Edgardo. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hello. Hello, Karun.
0: I'm very much looking forward to today's topic. Would you like to say a few words about what we'll be discussing? Sure,
1: sure. Thank you for the introduction and thank you for having me. Yes, today I'm very excited and looking forward to discuss and provide my little grain of advice to the industry in regards to asset inventory, as you mentioned, a foundational element in OTICS cybersecurity, and how we can leverage on this asset inventory to help or benefit other initiatives, like you mentioned process safety, operation effectiveness, reliability, sustainability, and others.
0: Great. Right. Well, let's dive straight in, and maybe we can start with a very broad sort of question about the inventory system, and that is, why is a well-managed OTICS inventory in the oil and gas sector so important?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, I think there are two aspects to your question I'm going to point out. One is the importance of having an inventory, specifically for the oil and gas industry that you mentioned. But this concept of inventory is essential for every type of industry. Inventory is extremely important because it gives you visibility of the things that you need to take care about and the things that you need to manage in your business in the specific case of the oil and gas, is so important because these assets that we have on these industrial facilities are considered to be part of critical infrastructure of a country. So in order for these facilities to operate safely and efficiently, we need to make sure that all the assets are protected from incidents, independently whether or not they are cyber-related or operational as well, related. So we need to avoid having incidents on any of these assets because they could have very drastic consequences for the safety or environmental or economic perspective as well. Now, the other aspect of the question about well-managed basically implies that once we have the inventory, we need to do something meaningful and useful with that inventory. Having a complete inventory and putting it to work and doing something that you need to do is very important. We have companies, and I'm probably going to mention that later, but if you don't document your inventory, basically the inventory is not going to be as useful and as efficient for different initiatives as you need it to be. It's very, very important for managing risk and for other initiatives. But putting information and documenting the inventory about what's the impact for each one of the assets that you have in your inventory for safe operations, for sustainable operations, for obsolescence management, as an example, which is a very important initiative that we see more and more in the oil and gas industry. So examples as well of how well you need to document your inventory and manage it. Is what critical functions and processes these assets support or are essential for. Also, it's equally important to keep changes and manage changes over the time and making sure that your inventory is up to date and updated accordingly.
0: Yes, I think you've explained that quite nicely, what the benefits are here. I'm wondering whether you can mention any specific examples from your client base where somebody has applied a very good OTICS inventory system and has prevented a bad situation.
1: Yeah, very good question. So I think if you look at the incidents in the industry, specifically in the oil and gas and other industry sectors as well, most of the incidents, they have occurred... Because they didn't have a good inventory, in my opinion, or they didn't have visibility of something that was critical for their business and they did not identify that as a critical asset. So that is a good example of not having a well-managed inventory. As an example, having a software, a script, a program that was not considered to be critical or that could have been used as an attack vector, not having a recovery backup for a critical system as well is a good example. You should have a strategy for backing up your critical systems. So if you look at all the incidents, it's because there was a blind spot, something that was not being managed properly, that was not documented properly, and that did not have enough security controls or mitigation strategies to prevent this type of incidents.
0: Yes, I think avoiding the blind spots is probably the key message here. And I'm wondering whether you could explain to our listeners who are maybe looking at their own inventories as well, what would a really high-quality OTICS inventory look like?
1: Yes, so inventory basically is everything that can be of value to an organization in a very generic term. And that includes not only cyber assets but people, functions, processes, contractors, and you know, third party supply chains, a lot of different aspects, you know, that can be considered as part of your inventory of different things, assets in general. When you go into the cyber assets specifically, and uh, in these OTICS environments, a good inventory, in my opinion, includes all the software, the hardware, the firmware, services, accounts, sensitive data, all of that information that is running on your devices or so cyber assets and across different network layers. You know, having an inventory of what assets I have and not having a visibility of what is contained or what information hold these assets is incomplete, And it will not give you the level of detail that you need As an example, to make a risk assessment of the asset. That is, in my opinion, what a good inventory is, specifically for the cyber assets. Of course, their inventory can be referred to a lot of different aspects in the industry, but specifically with ICS, cybersecurity and cyber assets, that, in my opinion, is a good inventory.
0: And specifically in the oil and gas sector, how can a good inventory really help, you know, those risks that operators face out in sometimes very harsh environments?
1: Yes. So good point, because that's one of the things that you need inventory for. As I mentioned before, the inventory of the assets that you have, it gives you visibility of what you need to protect or what you need to manage and care about. So in order to reduce risk, you know, you need to enrich your inventory and document the inventory with information about your business. With this, I mean that you might have an asset operating under, as an example, certain conditions in your business for your organization that has a totally different importance and criticality than another peer in the industry that is using exactly the same asset. So every business is very particular. Every industry sector has their priorities, their business objectives. So you need to document the inventory with information that makes that inventory useful for your business. And managing and reducing risk is all about prioritizing critical assets. So what are my critical assets from the ones that are less critical? That's what risk management is about. So I can make decisions where I need to spend my investment, my efforts and resources to bring risk to acceptable level for my business. That's what all risk management is in a a very generic term. So if I have a dollar, where should I spend that dollar? And if you have an inventory and it lacks documentation, right, it's not very useful to help reduce risk. Because you have no awareness of what your critical assets are, what are the consequences of an asset being attacked or being out of operations for process safety, consequences for process safety, for cybersecurity, and even for the sustainability of the business. So that's why having an inventory, a well-documented, a well-managed inventory is essential for managing risk as well.
0: Absolutely. And that definitely takes us back to the blind spots that you mentioned earlier as well. And obviously those everybody is looking to overcome and avoid. And I was wondering in your experience, particularly in the oil and gas sector, what are the common blind spots there and how can they be overcome?
1: Yes. So these oil and gas industries, these facilities, industrial facilities that we have in the oil and gas sector, specifically in the downstream You have very old legacy systems, systems that have been operating for more than 20 plus years. These systems, you know, they were put in place and they don't have connectivity to the internet. They don't have IP addresses behind. So the fact that they don't communicate with the modern protocols, depending on the technology that you have to collect that inventory, you might be leaving blind spots because These assets, they cannot be obtained, the inventory from these assets cannot be obtained using network monitoring as an example. And that will leave some blind spots because you can see them using network traffic or network monitoring. They are not connected to the network because they are very old and they don't support the modern protocols. So that is one example. Another example is that in the oil and gas industry, you have systems that are very critical from a process safety perspective, like safety systems, and that's an example of those, where those systems are very protected and they are sometimes isolated from the network. So, but they are very, very important for the business. So you need to have visibility of everything that is running on those devices, the changes that are happening on those devices as well. So that's another example in the oil and gas industry sector. Some other industries, You know, they have newer systems operating and newer protocols that can be obtained through network traffic. The oil and gas is specifically in very particular. You know, we have very old and legacy systems that do not support these newer protocols in the industry.
0: That's an interesting point you make, actually, and I'm sure especially in the oil and gas sector, you know, which is a relatively old sector, if you want, it's been around for a long time. The legacy systems can sometimes provide a bit of an extra risk. And I'm wondering, from your experience, Edgar, is most of the sector already at the sort of next step where they're replacing those legacy systems? Or is that very much still a work in progress?
1: Yes, very interesting question. So these legacy systems that are operating in these facilities, unfortunately, and that's one of the biggest difference from OT, operational technology, and IT. In IT, usually, you know, in the IT world, you have computers running operating systems that every three years, they are usually replaced. Every three years or four years, you see Microsoft comes up with a new operating system We just, okay, we need to upgrade the computers. We do an upgrade, not a problem at all. In these industrial environments, unfortunately, we cannot apply technology like that, like in IT. And that's one of the biggest differences. These systems have been operating for, as I mentioned, more than 25, 20 years sometimes. And they cost a lot, a lot of money first. And you cannot just disrupt the process to do an upgrade. Upgrades, they have to be planned. They have to be approved. approved, And these are huge investments from the operator owner perspective. There are huge investments to upgrade a system to a newer version, to replace all the operator stations. It's not just doing an upgrade on an operating system. So, you know, that's an example of the challenges that we have in this area, about migrating to newer versions of the systems. Some vendors, they are happy with, you know, this system that is being operating and is doing its job and they don't want to move to a very costly investment just to upgrade the system. So those are some of the challenges and, you know, that I know that we face in the oil and gas industry.
0: Let's dig a bit deeper into those challenges. So you mentioned costs, you mentioned, you know, the physicality of the assets being a bit of a hurdle there to constantly upgrading to the latest standards. What other hurdles are there that are preventing oil and gas service companies from adopting a more sophisticated OTICS inventory management systems?
1: Yes. So, I mean, I think nowadays every oil and gas company out there, they must have some kind of inventory initiative. Some more mature than others, some better managed than others. But, you know, in Excel or relying on the vendor or the integrator to provide that in some kind of work file. So there is an inventory. That's clear. I wouldn't say that a company will not have inventory at all. But I think the most common challenge is defining what a complete inventory looks like and what are the details and I'm referring to the previous question, right? that an inventory should have. There are many initiatives, as an example, where they have started covering just the IT infrastructure on the industrial networks. On these industrial networks, ICS networks, we do have some IT infrastructure running on them as well. So we've seen that companies, they want to do a step-by-step approach and they want to have visibility of those assets first, and this causes issues sometimes specifically on the selection of the technology because you get you might select a technology that is not the best fit to collect the data from lower layers on these industrial networks so you are collecting first as an example the IT devices or the IT infrastructure running on the control networks but then you need to collect the controller network the instrument level etc so There are a lot of other devices that cannot be collected using conventional solutions that use conventional IT protocols. That's what I mean. So not having a definition of what a good inventory should be or should look like, I think is, for me, one of the most common challenges in the industry. You have your OT security program, and then you start doing a step-by-step approach but without having visibility of what you are looking in the future to have as a good inventory. So that's one example. The other challenge that I see is you have different initiatives sometimes that require the inventory. Some initiatives, they require a better quality inventory than others, but the point that I'm trying to make is that you have disjointed initiatives, each one of them Working towards the same goal, having a complete inventory for what it seems to them be a complete inventory. So as an example, you might be having a group of or a department working on obsolescence management. And they need an inventory and they have certain requirements for what an inventory looks like for them. A good inventory looks like. And then you have cybersecurity or OT security department working on another initiative and they have other requirements what good inventory or what's the first step for an initial inventory. So you have two different initiatives working on a same goal which is inventory and then still you are spending resources, money, time and technology, you know looking for different technologies that at the end of the day in my opinion is inefficient to work in that way. So That comes again to the definition of what you need as a good inventory. And if you can combine as many initiatives as you can and have a common goal as the inventory, in my opinion, that should be a lot more efficient.
0: Yes, I think that's an interesting point again. And I'm wondering you know, the oil and gas sector very much thrives from partnership, you know, lots of companies working together on very complex, big projects. I'm wondering, from your point of view, does that ever? You know, the fact that different companies work off different operating systems, does that ever produce any challenges on projects, you know, or people working together in terms of them using different systems, having different, maybe also, like you said, different definitions of a goods inventory system? Is that a problem for the industry?
1: You have risk management and risk management has different disciplines and you can see operational risk, you can see obsolescence management. So the fact that there is not a common OT security program or OT risk management program that includes all these different initiatives, that, in my opinion, makes this duplication happen because you have a specific department in charge of an initiative that is very related to another initiative. Just like it's not being decided strategically as how this other initiative you know is very similar or it has aspects of risk management as well that you need to manage. So that, in my opinion, is one of the things that I think prevents initiatives to be combined and consolidated into one big initiative that could be more efficient and more useful to the business and the organization.
0: And what would you advise clients who are maybe facing such a situation in terms of how they can overcome this? What's a good way to work together better You know with a well-managed inventory system
1: yes define you know how the inventory can help on different business objectives of the organization so you have your organization you have your business objectives so let's say how inventory can fit into each one of these business objectives and then you can define from a strategic point of view What initiatives can be combined and consolidated so you don't duplicate or you don't start working on silos and getting different technologies, and then you end up with a silos of technologies, some of them getting more than others, and you don't get, you know, best management of your resources of your investment because you are having disjointed initiatives.
0: We're approaching the end of the podcast, but I just wanted to ask Edgar as a last kind of question. It's always quite nice to have some real-life examples of how these systems have improved uh, things in the oil and gas sector. I was wondering if you could maybe run us through an example from your oil and gas client base where an improved OTICS inventory system has really led to better results.
1: Yes, I'm not gonna name customers because that's probably not allowed. I'm not allowed to probably name customers by names, but we have several customers and clients in the oil and gas and the chemical sectors as well, where they have defined what's the level of detail that they need in their OT cybersecurity program. What is it that they are after? You know, and they have identified as well other areas. For the OT cybersecurity program. As I mentioned, they have identified obsolescence management. They have identified that future project e- extensions, for example, needs to also make use of a good inventory. So spare reservations and availability of spares on the field are also equally important. So they have defined very strategically at a very early stage of the OT security program or OT risk management program, what are all the things that they are going to have to look into the future to guarantee just ICS cybersecurity, obsolescence management, sustainability of the business, reliability, safe operations, efficiency, etc. So they have identified all these requirements at a very early stage and that allows them to go out into the market and look for the right type of solution, minimize the efforts in their initiatives because they have a very well-defined idea of what they are looking for. So, you know, they have combined resources as well, investment. Everything is very well optimized to go out on the market and spend the dollars, the business, on whatever they need to look for to make sure that the inventory they get is good for and very complete for all these different initiatives that I mentioned before.
0: Great. Thank you very much. It was a nice run through. And in fact, that's the end of our podcast. Edgar, thank you so much for this very insightful run through of what a good OTICS asset inventory system looked like. Thank you all for downloading this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to PE Live Podcasts to get notifications of the next episode and to listen to previous episodes on demand.
1: Thank you very much, Carlo.
0: Thank you, Carol.